Hi and welcome back to Don't Be Strangers. We're on we're on a mission to fight adult loneliness. I'm your host Shinyi, and typically I have conversations with strangers for the very first time on these episodes. If you're interested, reach out via Instagram at Don't Be Strangers, or um, if you don't use social media, you can contact me on our website, Don't Be Strangers Club. Today is super special though because I am recording a bonus episode with my husband. We are celebrating our third year anniversary, and it's extra special because we have actually never celebrated our anniversary before. I don't know why, just lazy um, slash I don't know. I I guess just laziness honestly, but in this recording we are actually on a road trip. <laughs> To South Padre Island, which is nine hours south, nonstop drive from Dallas, where we're home based, and obviously we took stops, so it was a lot longer than that. And I thought it would be a fun idea to record a an and blah, 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 to record an episode together while we were driving, but that comes with difficulties because I was trying to figure out I don't have like proper equipment with me if I'm just recording it on my phone it would capture a lot of background sounds from the highway because yeah we're driving and also the air conditioning's blasting and I realized then that I could use my AirPod as a mic so I think it did a pretty good job in terms of eliminating background noise but the audio is a bit wonky. So this is just a heads up.、Um, if you listen to this and you're like, why, why does the audio, why does the audio kind of fade in and out sometimes? I don't know. It was probably the software of my phone and the AirPod mic trying to eliminate some background sounds, but. It's still a really fun and wholesome conversation. I we covered a lot of random things from like how have I changed since starting Don't Be Strangers? Because if you didn't know his, him, like Joseph, actually he and I recorded my very first podcast episode together as a beta trial run for me to see like what is the process end to end of running a podcast, and. I just thought it'd be fun to like loop back, so I asked him about how have I changed since Don't Be Strangers? How have we both changed as just human beings through our relationship? And then, like the best TV series thing that we've consumed recently since the start of twenty twenty three, and then kind of like ending it on the on a conversation about the need for human physical touch. Um, not in just a romantic context. So, with all that being said, I hope you enjoy this bonus episode. I have wanted to ask. I don't know. Actually, just thought of this question probably when I at the same time that I thought that would be fun to do this little follow up anniversary podcast episode.、Um, where I wanted to know what you think of like how how have I changed as a person since when we first met. And then we were just friends, to us starting our relationship to like that general time pre don't be strangers, until who I am now. I'm just really curious, like what an outsider's perspective is. Obviously, I think you have more insider information than the general outsider, being my husband. But yeah, I'm just curious. You can also think on the spot. Wait. So I guess first off. Am I responding to three different phases, or am I just doing before Don't Be Strangers and after Don't Be Strangers? I think I was thinking more of just like before and after. Before Don't Be Strangers and after the idea, I guess at least of Don't Be Strangers, and I don't know. In my opinion, the I mean the biggest change was just that I know that before Don't Be Strangers, you seem to constantly be searching for something, like something to a goal or a way to. Dedicate yourself to the things that you are interested in, and so I just remember there was a point where you were kind of just like jumping around between idea and idea, like every it seemed like every other week or so, like where you were just trying to find. I mean, there were there were things that you were also interested in at the time, but then finally, when like you, I think you had always sort of had the idea of Dopey Strangers, but then you like dedicated yourself to it. And like created the 
you know, the brand per se, and then started, you know, putting together information for it. And then shortly out thereafter started things like events and your book and stuff like that. Um, and doing the podcast itself as well, then it seemed that you were much more, you know, dedicated to a singular cause, uh, motivated to move forward with it and things like that. Um, I think that's the biggest change is instead of just like jumping around, hopping around between idea, uh, between ideas, you switched over to, you know, I have this one thing that I think that I, I do not think, but know that you were interested in and continue to pursue it. And this is like, I guess the longest period of time, at least as far as I've known you, where you've pursued like one singular thing for, you know, a dedicated amount of time. Like, you know, I don't remember exactly how long it's been, but it seems like it's been at least a year now or so where you've been pursuing Don't Be Strangers. So, yeah. Okay, I actually think we're, I, we are slash I am coming up on two years. So this is probably indeed the longest running project I've, I've had. Um, but it's re really interesting that you say that because I feel like, yes, I, I still jump around ideas because of the book, the podcast, the events. You jump around ideas, but I think it's all like within the context of this one overarching goal. I mean, sure, you may have other pursuits as well that may not necessarily have relation to Don't Be Strangers just out of interest, but the majority of things that you seem to pursue do like kind of um, lead back to the idea of Don't Be Strangers. That you yeah, I think in like a, a certain way, it kind of is really comforting to have like an overarching theme that kind of directs all of my activities because I feel less lost. It's almost as if I've married this project. So it kind of gives me comfort because it's like, I'm no longer searching. I found the one like you. Well, wow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not that I was looking for you prior to finding you. Well, actually, I guess I kind of was because I was looking for a best friend. And then at some point I was like, I guess I'm never going to find a best friend. Sad. Oh, well, I guess I, it's better to just and like just come to terms that I wasn't going to find a best friend, but then you came out of nowhere. So yeah, I guess in a similar way, Don't Be Strangers kind of came out of nowhere. Okay, up next we have, how has our relationship changed since the beginning? I think we answered this in our very first episode together where we kind of gave context for how our relationship came to be that we started as like a giant experiment question mark because I am aromantic, but you know, I was like, hey, you know, I've always been kind of curious about romance, but I would have never thought that I would find someone who would willingly subject themselves <laughs> to an experimental relationship with an aromantic person. But we were already best friends, so I felt comfortable almost subjecting you to the experiment and you willingly agreed so i was like okay if there was going to be anyone it would be you so i think that's probably the biggest change i went from something experimental to something that is real if you could say i i don't it, i don't want to classify that as like not real because at the same time it was a real experiment and like I went into it like I really loved you very much platonically and I want you to be with the girl of your dreams. I agree that the beginning was an experiment. I don't know, the context of the question was more so like, yeah, I mean, since our relationship, but I think you, you mentioned while not on microphone, not on recording, that uh, we had done this question before, but I don't know if we had done it in the context of our relationship or the context of before relationship and after relationship but I guess we could you took it from the perspective of from the beginning of the relationship to relationship being like a romantic relationship to um, now I guess um, and I guess like within that context yeah I mean I think I, I agree in the sense that in the beginning it was less certain um, because I mean we both I even acknowledged in the beginning that it was not certain in the sense that we acknowledged that it was what you what we considered an experiment. So just based off wording there, yeah, it was uncertain. And so I wasn't like 100% sure 
um, you know, how things were going to go, whether things would last a long time or forever or anything along those lines that normally, you know, comes with, uh, you know, with when something is a relationship or a deep relationship. I mean, we did already know each other for a long, not a long time, for deeply, I would say, rather deeply at the time that we, um, like, committed to any type of romantic romanticism at all. Um, so, yeah. But from my perspective, I think the things that have changed the most are, I think, the communication, the types of things that we end up talking about. Um, and we do have less of the conversations that we used to have around, like, the uncertainty or the experimentalism of um, the relationship that we had. And it's more fixed in, like, hey, we know that we're together. So, you know, how are things going? Like, doing checkups and... I mean, it's not like we have to check up in the sense that I think we both agree that it's a pretty healthy relationship. Um, but, I mean, I think it's just a good thing to do anyway, so we have that kind of talk. Um, and, like, the kinds of things that we end up doing together, just in general. So, like, going all these trips that we've gone on. I remember the first time that we went on uh, a long-term trip, um, there was like a little bit of skepticism in the air. Like both of us were kind of like, oh, I wonder how this will go. Um, like, I wonder if we'll live together because it was essentially that for like a period of three months at a time. Uh, and if we'll come out the other side, okay. Um, and we did. And since then we have done the same sort of thing many times. And now we don't even really question it very much. Um, it's kind of just, oh yeah, of course we're going to be living together while we're there or of course we're going to be spending a lot of time together and it's basically going to be like a joint living relationship or joint living arrangement I guess because um, I know there were times when we talked about oh maybe if it doesn't work then we could just like get another place and live to, like you know close or whatever but yeah um, so a lot of those things are much more of a we know that we're comfortable with this and I think we're a lot more comfortable just in general around each other and being romantic around each other than in the beginning, especially admittedly on my side. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I totally forgot about the, the part where we started experimenting with longer term travel together and the first time where we were like nervous about living together, primarily because I still in very many ways see you as my best friend. And I have heard the horror stories of best friends moving in together as like roommates in college or something and then not making out the other side like coming out like absolutely hating each other because their lifestyles were not compatible from like a rooming situation and I was just like oh no like <laughs> I don't know but I think we're just very considerate and very like independent and we do communicate pretty well I think at, at least from my end, I know I intentionally check in on you quite often. Like, I'm like, what's going wrong? And you're like, I there's nothing going wrong. And I'm like, are you sure? And you're always like, yeah, I'm sure. And I'm like, okay, well, I, I, deliberately, put, I deliberately make that space to make sure we talk about these things in case something came up at some point and... I don't want anyone harboring like passive aggression like oh it was just not the time like whenever something bad happened it was just not the op opportune time to like bring up that it was a bad experience so so I occasionally and somewhat frequently I think ask like is everything good is there anything that like we need to talk about Okay, recently we have been watching a bunch of TV shows. I want to say recently as in, because I know you're going to ask me what does recent mean. I want to define it as basically like this year. So the beginning of this year, because coming out of Malaysia, Mei, my little sibling introduced me to Psychopath Diaries, which was like an indie, well, a K-drama a K that is... is a like play on suspense thriller and then it kind of transitions like comedy suspense thriller and then it kind of turns more into actual suspense thriller near the end and then we immediately followed up with signal which is another k-drama but around like police drama with time travel and then after that we watched 
I can't remember. Did we? What? What else did we watch after that? I, in the middle of all this, I think we were watching Spy Family, like the new season, and then we recently watched Beef. I'm wondering if I missed something. I feel like there was something else between all this, but I can't remember. I'm just trying to recall, like uh, Psychopath Diaries, Signal. There was Spy Family, um, Beef. I think that might be. That might be it. I can't think of anything else, except for like, we just started something, but we only watched one episode, the Three Body, and I can't remember if I actually asked the question. But uh, what of of these? Which was your favorite, and why? All of those were good. I know that the top two, uh, Signal and Psychopath Diaries, but I'm trying to like decide which one because I feel like. Well, it seems like the K-dramas are, those K-dramas were really good at, like, every episode, ending it on something that makes you just, like, want to watch the next episode, even though I know that's the goal of, like, almost every TV show in existence. But we kind of definitely limited ourselves to, like, usually only watching one per day. There was very few times where we actually watched, like, two in a, the same day. I, well, the episodes were, like, an hour and a half long, typically. I just, like, super, super lengthy. Yeah, I know, but I know there's people who, like, binge anything that they watch, or they just, like, watch episode after episode, and, you know, watch six or seven in a day, or something crazy like that, um, because they get, like, really into it. Normally, when we watch things, we always watch it, like, one episode at a time. Occasionally, we'll watch, like, two episodes at a time, or something along those lines, but that was very rare for us. But, I don't know, I feel like... And you already know that my my reactions at the end of these episodes are always that of like sort of anger because it's like oh, like I know I can't watch the next episode right now, but dang damn these shows are always like making you want to watch the next episode or not kind of or not closing any episode on just like a normal note. It's always just like leave something crazy for the next episode to happen or whatever. So this really surprised me because I didn't I didn't like expect this but i learned this i guess within this these past last couple of months because he'll always want to like watch these shows and he's like puppy dog eyes in fact it got to this point where he would just give me puppy dog eyes and i knew exactly what he wanted um and the context for this is that like neither of us really watch shows to begin with and i it's like even harder for me to watch unless someone really sits me down so it's not my natural tendency to be like, okay, let's sit down and watch a TV show. It's more likely my tendency to like, let's go out and walk the city for like three hours nonstop. But yeah, so basically he would ask for us to like watch, we would watch, and then these K-dramas are killer at their um, cliffhangers. So I guess that's why people end up binging is what I presume. But then at the end, he would just be so frustrated. And I was just like, I got to this point where I was like, you can't ask me to, like, watch an episode with you only for you to be angry at the end. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's just sort of was my reaction to these shows. But I don't know. I think I, I think the problem is that I was sort of that person who would just kind of, like, binge things once in a while. Like, I don't watch a lot of TV, but when I did, um, a lot of TV or Netflix or whatever, but when I did, usually it was sort of just, like, binge through a series, like, really, really quickly. Or binge through an anime or something really, really quickly. Or whatever, whether it's, like, regular TV or anime or, like, wherever you find it. Um, and so, yeah, that I think that kind of uh, exercise of, you know, not self-restraint. Yeah, self-restraint of just, like, watching things one per day or something along those lines usually was uh different and so i think it was just like sort of my personality being like Ugh, like i can't watch the next thing because i know that like we should probably like either go to bed or prepare for the next day or just like savor it i mean of those two shows i think i had bigger reactions to signal well beef was the reason why we started beef was because we had well i personally had received various recommendations for this show um, from from friends kind of unsolic unsolicited and I think I found them through stories like my friends were sharing stories about beef and then I soon found out that they, it was produced by the same team 
that produced um, Everything Everywhere All at Once, which really blew my mind cinematically and storytelling-wise in, in terms of the, the movie. And so I had curiosity for beef, but the one major turn, like, turn off was that my friend told me it's very like high drama and I'm a highly empathetic person. So I find that I don't normally seek TV shows, especially if it is too, if the like storytelling is, is placed in like a real world, real world scenario and I can relate to it too much, then I get stressed out because I highly, I overly empathize with the characters and then I start to instead of enjoying the entertainment I'm being stressed out by my entertainment so I have like my normal stressors from life and then I turn on like a Netflix show and then that stresses me out more so for that reason I don't like watching anything that like takes place in modern times and is too similar to like something that could happen in the everyday but if it's like a fantasy world or something with dragons like that doesn't bother me as much because i can't relate like i'm not gonna meet a dragon and i'm not gonna have these problems um so beef impressed me a lot but my favorite was psychopath diaries because i found the characters extremely endearing especially like the main character and his best friend character oh that that was the other thing there was like there was fake romance, but there was no real romance. As an aromantic person, which I still am, like that makes me really happy because I hate it when everyone has to turn every single potential like love line story into an actual like love plot. And I'm like, this is unnecessary drama. Like, why can't people just have friendships? And the two main leads, like male and female leads, just have like this really wholesome best friendship, which was very heartwarming. And yeah, I love that a lot. Uh, but I will also say I recently binged a Netflix series as of yeah like maybe a week ago uh, called Exo Kitty and it's like high school drama of this girl visiting international school in Korea and each episode was only 20 minutes and there were only 10 episodes which is very different than like I guess the Korean dramas that we were watching was like maybe 16 to 20 episodes and each episode was like an hour and a half long so imagine that like what I guess maybe about like three hours three-ish hours to watch like the entire season of this show um and I think the reason why I found this and like decided to explore it because it is something that takes place in like our real world um but high school drama is not that relatable to me going through high school like every time that there was drama between my friends I just kind of like ghosted them I was like all right you guys deal with that and typically yeah there there were like love situation love problems between my friends and I'm just like okay you can just like invite me back to the group once you guys figure that out I'm not taking sides the the main draw for me for XO Kitty was that um, it was basically a foreigner's perspective on Korean culture and we love travel. I love travel. And so I really loved how the show kind of like highlighted that perspective. Whereas if you just watch K-drama, you're not going to get these sort of like highlights on that particular culture because it's just your culture. Like, why would you be highlighting that? Um, I remember this one scene and I am Asian, so I already know this, but like the main character who is visiting from the United States like goes to the grocery store and she's like there's this many brands of like soy sauce and like of course I know that but it's just like a very small way to like highlight the foreigner's perspective on like Korean culture okay next up we have what do we think of traveling together after having traveled together for so many years and I think you wanted to make a clarification on what the question was asking Mm, no, I mean, I think the question is just, yeah, we've traveled enough at this point and for fairly long periods of time, especially if you compare it to, like, any other relationship. I don't think there are any very... I think we're in the minority of people who travel for this much time and this these amounts of time. Um, and, yeah, I mean, that's, that's about it. It's just, like, how do I think... Maybe our thoughts have changed. Uh, our habits maybe as well have changed. I don't know if there's anything that has changed. You could tell me. But yeah, that's kind of the question. 
Okay, so I, I would say that our friendship slash relationship kind of started with traveling because we met at work on the same travel project. And so we were traveling to and from South Lake City together all the time. And then shortly after, I wanted to take advantage of alternative weekends, which was instead of returning back to Dallas, our home base, um, for the weekends, I wanted to just like basically home base out of the work location, Salt Lake City, and then go to other spots over the weekend, which I used to, I think, like go to New York City, San Francisco, Las Vegas once. Um, I'm trying to recall if I went to Oso LA with this in mind. I know we traveled to Seattle together as that. So I think within like the first month of us knowing each other and being on this travel project, we went on our first trip together like a weekend trip to Seattle, but we weren't traveling exclusively together in that, like, we didn't stay at the same place, and I and we both had our own plans. I wanted to visit a friend who was living there at that time, but then we would just, like, meet up and then, like, hang out as if we both lived there and we're just, like, hanging out as opposed to, like, both traveling there together. So I remember, like, from, from that first trip, our first trips quote-unquote together which was not really that even that together um I found myself spending a lot of time with you which really surprised me like a lot of time with you at the, where I kind of lost track of time because I think sometimes like when I'm with a new person and they're dragging my energy down a bit I I am looking at the clock and I am thinking like how do I get out of this like what do I say to them what sort of made up obligation can I <laughs> create to say like I gotta go um, just to protect my own energy but like that didn't happen and I remember the first night that we landed in Seattle and then we like we both went to our own separate like I went to a hostel because I was <laughs> cheap and then you had points saved up so you went to your hotel and then we, we met up again to go kind of started exploring already it was like semi late at night to just like walk around I don't remember where we walked around but regardless um I normally go to sleep pretty early but we were just walking and talking and it was dark and then at some point I realized it was like 11 p.m or something like that and I was like holy cow how did I lose that much track of time when I'm a grandma so like normally I would already want to be in bed but I completely had no sense of time when we were talking and walking together so that was the first memory of like exclusively semi-exclusively not ex completely exclusively <laughs> traveling with you and then yeah I don't know if you have anything to add to that no I mean I think that's that was a good uh like summary of the first trip that we had which was to seattle i mean we arrived together and i just remember taking the uber together to your i remember if we went to my hotel first or your hostel or maybe we had two trips programmed or something but we like split up in the beginning but then later on like one of us hit the other up and was like hey do you have anything going on tonight or whatever and then we met up and i remember yeah we like walked around uh, i don't remember exactly where as well but it ended up being a lot longer than I thought because I remember getting home that night much later than like I had ever, I would have ever anticipated um, because I think by the time we ended up doing like a lot of walking as well and I'm trying to remember correctly I may have like walked home from the hostel that you were staying at and that was itself was at night and was itself like an hour walk or something. Um, so yeah I think I ended up getting home at past midnight or something um, but it was a interesting trip because we did end up spending a lot more time together than I think either of us anticipated um, so yeah that was and that was the beginning of you know what I guess you could call our travel together we did other like kind of shorter trips but I guess they would be considered like rather normal trips for other people. Um, like, you know, maybe a long weekend. And then there was like a four day trip that we took to Mexico City for my birthday one time as well. Um, so, and there was definitely some, almost all of them actually, where we came out the other end just like so tired and so beaten up because we had to like 
fly back to work, you know, at the end of it. But we both got sort of used to the style of travel that each other was used to, uh, which involved like a lot of walking, a lot of basically attempting to be a local during the time periods that we were wherever we were. I think those trips helped kind of set the foundation, I guess, for how we would continue to travel in the future. Um, but I will say that I personally never anticipated taking the length of travel types of trips that we have gone on recently. Like I would have never in a million in a million years thought that, hey, yeah, I'm just going to go like be in another country for three months at a time or be in a set of other countries for three months at a time and spend like six months of the year just not even in the U.S. Um, that was like completely unthinkable to me. Like I would have never thought that that is even possible. I would have been like, yeah, that's probably for like really rich people or like people who just like, you know, are so free, they don't have a job or anything. Luckily, things like working remote, at least for the people who that was available to, and it's definitely a privilege, um, opened up that possibility. But I remember going into the first trip that we had, that I had, because you had already gone on like a few longer term excursions by the time we did one together. Um, and I was definitely like really, really nervous about how it was going to go. I was like, I'm going to get fired from my job. Like they're going to hate me. Um, they're going to like keep me out of the country. <laughs> like all this kind of stuff. Because I had never done like long term international travel in my life before. And everything turned out fine. And then we did it again and again. And we lived together. And last but not least, um, I realized I kind of started answering this question on accident, but how have we changed um, over time, over the time span that we've known each other? I kind of started by saying that, Joseph, you now celebrate your birthday. I don't know if it's like because I keep forcing it onto you because I keep making a big deal out of it. And then, and then I find myself like planning these things for us. And then I remember I was like, okay, your birthday always falls around like Valentine's Day. So I'm going to plan your birthday, but you have to plan Valentine's Day. But this year we both celebrate around Valentine's Day. But at least we could do the, the birthday part, which was a trip to Granada, which I loved. Besides the fact that you, you actually, I guess, look forward to your birthday now, at the very least, thinking about it whereas I think in the past you weren't thinking about it at all I wonder how else have I changed and how else have you changed so one thing that I keep saying that I keep coming back to is like personally Joseph introduced me to the world of like Spanish speakers because prior to meeting him I've always wanted or I started to want to visit Mexico City after my Mexican friend described it so voraciously and with so much and excitement for the capital of Mexico that I was I started to get curious I had sort of like an uncertainty about visiting Mexico primarily for safety reasons honestly speaking so I couldn't imagine myself going there by myself because I have a bias against traveling with other people due to compatibility I was like yeah I have no idea when I'm gonna go to Mexico because I want to go but I'm like a little scared and I don't know like who I could go with or who I would want to go with meeting Joseph and him expressing desire to like visit Mexico City I was like this is perfect like we're such compatible travel partners we'll go to Mexico City together and after visiting Mexico City for the first time which was just like an extended weekend sort of trip for his birthday I realized how incredible uh, I guess the culture and I was just so impressed by Mexico City because I had no expectations for it despite being so hyped up by this Mexican friend um, I had no expectations and it just blew me away in terms of like the arts that you can see just emanating from like their buildings the interiors the concepts of their coffee shops and just, I just like fell in love with everything about it so after that I finally began to have interest in learning Spanish and it's just been so fun and so fascinating to be able to like immerse myself in these countries where I actually understand and can communicate with natives and that's so different in fact going to Italy this last um, March it was the first time in a very long time where I went to a country where I didn't 
I couldn't understand the language. And that was also very like shocking and humbling to be, to be back in that situation where I feel like I don't have as much agency to be able to like connect with people at their level. Because even though it, there are overlaps between um, Spanish and Italian, the overlap is similar to what I would say is like Mandarin Chinese and Japanese where you can kind of like see words here and there. So you're like, okay, I get it. This is like a hospital or something. Or like, I get it. There's ice cream there. But beyond that, like the language is different enough that I could not understand what people were saying. And so that was cool and humbling. But that's probably the biggest change. And then also coming to like, being able to experience romance and stuff, I've become way more empathetic to the majority of humanity as well because previously, maybe this sounds immature, but like being aromantic, I have to give myself grace. I was like, wow, I really don't understand why people are falling like head over heels for each other. This is like really, really stupid slash silly. Like when I watch people's dramas um, over their romantic emotions. And now I would say I have like more empathy for it because I can understand more on like a first hand. Those are like the two biggest ways which I personally have changed thanks to like our relationship slash friendship. Since we've met, I think in the beginning, I was much less or much more timid when it came to things like travel. Like I'd always considered it and been like, oh yeah. And I already mentioned this maybe for another question, but who knows if you edit it in a different order. <laughs> but uh, how much I had, uh, never considered long-term travel even like as long as two weeks seemed like a very long time to me and so that's like one thing that has changed about me in the sense that it's much more normalized at least to me even though i know like almost everybody that i talk to when i mention trips that are that long 99 percent of the time their reaction is either like i would love to do that but like i can't or people who just like can't imagine themselves even doing it. And even people who are in similar situations to me, where it's like they work remote or, you know, things like that. And even they say, like, I can just never do that. I have too many, too much stuff to like, you know, bring around with me and stuff like, you know, just random other things. And that's understandable because I think I had the same kind of worries at first. But now I just have much less. Almost every time that I've traveled with Shinji for, you know, long periods of time, it's been out of like a backpack and a carry-on bag. And I know a lot of people who think that that would be like impossible for them. Um, but I don't know, it works out. In other ways, like, I mean, I would say I'm a lot more just like open to things in general. Things being like experiences. I think before, well, every once in a while I would like take a, take a bet or something uh, and do things that were like really, really out of my comfort zone. It was usually not quite as often as I do now that I know she. Um, whereas now that's kind of like relatively normalized to me, and so I have less of a of a like built-in fear mechanism. I guess that would be like another way that I would say that I have changed. I mean, I hadn't been in a relationship for quite a while before meeting Shinji, and I guess another thing is like, and we 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 had sort of discussed this at periods of time like the idea of a best friend and like how hard it is to find one. And I just kind of like to like, Hey, maybe that doesn't exist. Like maybe at least as an adult. Um, and I know that there are people who do have best friends as adults, but maybe it's just like within the context of my own experience, I was just like, I don't see how that would be possible for me. Um, but then it happened and I was kind of like, wow, like, I guess it is real. And so that just opened up the, the possibility of like being that close with another human being. Because um, that just like hadn't happened in a long time before that period of time in my life or whatever. So how I think that you have changed since the beginning of our friendship. I, <laughs> um, I'm okay. So I think, like, some pretty notable things that changed was that, like, you always said that you wanted to become a motorcyclist. And I think at some point, I just legitimately got annoyed by you saying that you just wanted to be one. And I'm like, well, heck, I have a girlfriend in Austin who, like, recently just went for her 
motorcycle class. So I forced you. Maybe well, like I say, I forced, but like I knew you wanted to. <laughs> but I just made made you sign up for the class in front of me. Just I remember exactly the. The cafe that we're at, and I was just sitting there. I think I had mentioned something about motorcycling, and you were just like, "Okay, we'll sign up right now." <laughs> like you just forced me to do it, and I did it right then and there.、Um, you know what was crazy though? This all happened like literally right before the pandemic. So he took his classes like basically one of the last weekends before everything shut down. In terms of how you have changed, the most obvious one has to do with relationships, just in general, and romanticism. From the beginning of our relationship, you kind of always mentioned how you were aromantic, and that just wasn't something that you were interested in. Like literally from, I mean, maybe not day one, but from the time that we started getting close, you had mentioned that this was like part of your personality and who you were. So I think the thing that has changed, I think you do still have parts of that. You know, that is still sort of who you are in a sense,、um, but you have changed. Because you do it sometimes to me, like express secondhand embarrassment or like cringiness or whatever at certain aspects of relationships as they appear around you. But at the same time, like you mentioned, you can have a lot more empathy, and so you kind of sort of understand a bit better, and you apply, I think, a lot of those things to like our own relationship. And that is probably like one of the biggest changes that I could point out. And one of the more obvious ones. But other things, I mean, we've already discussed your enthusiasm for "Don't Be Strangers," and while that sort of already always existed, I think you, you have mentioned before, like this is something you sort of always wanted to do, or like even if it's just intrinsically and not outwardly expressed it, it's just like connecting people.、Um, that the thing that has changed about you is the level of motivation that you have for that topic or that theme. Um, I mean, other ways that you've changed are just like. I mean, this is just me speaking your truth. Like what you have said to me is,、um, and this one is very specific to me again. But、uh, the amount of time that you're willing to spend with just me、um, versus most other people, because you expressed even from the beginning, like starting phases of our relationship. How uncommon it is for you to want to spend like more than one day in a row with the same person, and that is just like such a rarity for you to have even the desire to do so, or to spend more than a few hours at a time with one person.、Um, I think you're also a lot more relaxed,、um, or like、uh, you feel at least a little bit less of a like a fast-paced lifestyle. I would say. Because before you were always talking about like how many, just how many things you have planned, whether it be like two to three things a day, and you would like, because and this was when you were traveling as well. Like you said, you'd you'd go home, you have things planned for the weekend, and then you'd come back,、um, and you would just be tired,、um, and that that had like sort of been a thing for you for quite a while. Is just having a chock full schedule of things to do, and we you had like. You valued your sleep, of course, and your rest. But there was a time where you were like, sort of、mm, sleep, like the whole、uh, common trope of like sleep is for the week or sleep is for later or something along those lines.、Um, whereas now, I think you're a lot more chill, and I don't think if I've had, I don't know if I've had that effect on you or not. But I do see that you're a lot more relaxed, a lot more like okay with, you know. Maybe I don't need to do something literally every day, even though you still, I think, tend to do that. But I still think it's much less than what you used to do.、Um, and yeah, I don't know. Those are some things that I think that are quite obvious have changed. I really appreciate you saying that you think that I'm more chill because I have been working on that quite intentionally, and it is a combination of being with you, whom I consider a pretty extremely relaxed and chill person for the most part. And because I admire that in you, and I'm like drawn to that because I want more of that in my life, to basically learn from you to how can I relax more? How can I be okay with not doing things and not forcing myself to like be productive or 
or just go, go, go all the time because you're right, like pre-pandemic, my schedules were insane. Like my weekends would leave me drained. So then I would just go into the work week drained and then I would just, but I would look forward to my weekends and that would like power me through only for me to have literal nonstop one-on-one hangouts like five times a day, both Saturday and Sunday. And I'm just running from like one hangout to the next hangout because I don't like group things. So everything has to be one-on-one. So I can't even just be like, okay, we all just like hang out as like a giant group like for one hour. Um, but I think the beauty of the pandemic when like having all of my social obligations kind of taken away from me was allowing me to see the other side. Like what would it look like if my life wasn't completely packed like that? And then coming out of the pandemic, kind of creating a hybrid schedule that's like it still has things but not as like full as what what it was before um has been amazing (laughs) then what you were saying about like obviously romanticism but I think what's really interesting too we've talked about this was that like me going into a relationship I told you that like honestly physical touch is really low on my five love languages and like it's been yeah always like the lowest of the five but I think throughout the years of us being together I've I've realized how important it is to me and then I think there was a point where there was like this dissonance of like me not recognizing how important it was like how much I wanted it so I think that's like something else I realized that actually like physical touch has a time and place and I think I've also realized more so in time through my biohacking research and like just looking at holistic health in general the importance of like physical touch also in non-romantic contexts which has opened me up to like just feeling more comfortable even just hugging my friends whereas like before I would hug my friends out of pure obligation because I thought like oh it would be weird if I didn't hug my friend as we are departing because they want to hug me but like because of how low physical touch was on my like list of love languages I was like oh okay I'll just do this because like apparently we need to do this for like social norms but there has been studies that show that we have touch receptors like in our skin that respond specifically to human touch like it seeks the specific body temperature of another human being with like the the pressure and stuff that like would come from another person's skin that's like even outside of the romantic context that it's important that I'm just finally as an adult whatever like 28 years old thinking oh like yeah actually I want to hold your hands or like I would love to like hug my friends more or just I think it's more common in like Latin American culture too for like girlfriends to like you know just like touch each other playfully slash like during talking being like oh my god and then like light like knee tap or something like that or even interestingly enough in Korean culture how much more relaxed guys are with touching each other in a platonic context too just like half hugs or whatever arms around shoulder laughing sort of situation and it's just like why have we been taught in society to like kind of deprive ourselves of this basic human need essentially because I think I realized that it was a combination of like a romanticism but then also like taught from culture and society that like no we don't need physical touch I don't know yeah I mean I agree with the physical touch I think that like in western cultures or at least in the U.S. where we live like and in my own experience and a lot of people's experience that uh physical touch is very like especially between you know in certain contexts that is it that it's not it basically it's considered taboo in certain contexts where it would not be elsewhere in the world and that i think there is a severe like depravity or lack of it um that uh that that occurs everywhere <laughs> um, and i have seen uh though you would probably know better than i do things like in uh in certain cultures it's much more normalized especially between you know maybe two guys where here especially in the past but less so nowadays um that's kind of seen as like not masculine um or very effeminate um and you know there are definitely a lot of contexts and even places that exist nowadays where doing that in public would be seen as like super weird um whereas i don't think it necessarily should be um 
because like as you said like there's already a lack of human touch like on a probably global scale but at least on a very very large scale that occurs to people and it's like we've definitely made it to where you can only participate in this essential act of you know of love um, and not necessarily like romantic love but of just like loving each other as humans if you are in a relationship with the person that you are doing it with um so yeah i don't know i agree on that one and that's a reminder to go hug someone that you love it could be a sibling family member parent or even a friend of course your loved one or significant other if you have one but it doesn't have to be and i am just so grateful for how much don't be strangers has grown in the last two years we're coming up on two years in july since i recorded that first episode and don't be strangers has evolved from being just a podcast to a digital pen pals club to an online community and now to real in-person events there are so many things in the work oh yeah i also forgot to mention my book how to talk to anyone for introverts um if you listen to this entire conversation with all of the audio stuff i tried my best to edit everything so that it wouldn't blow your ears out uh, so I'm really curious to know what you thought about that listening experience, but I did still want to publish this episode because we went through the trouble of having this conversation and I didn't really want to waste that effort on our part. But yeah, let me know what you thought. Um, I felt like I just jumped topics there. I was talking about my book, How to Talk to Anyone for Introverts. If you've never heard of this before, about a month ago, I finally self-published my first book to support the mission behind Don't Be Strangers on Amazon. And then as a result of that, I have continued to promote and like try to not only get the word out because of how much I love the mission behind all of this uh, stuff, all of these projects that I've been working on, um, but because I think... <sighs> I'm losing my train of thought here. Please forgive me. <laughs> All this to say, I'm on a mission to get like 100 reviews on the book. And so if you would like a free copy of this book, How to Talk to Anyone for Introverts, in exchange for honest feedback, you can visit um, the link in the bio of Don't Be Strangers on Instagram. So I believe even if you don't have an Instagram account, you can still search that up and then click on the link in bio and you can download a free copy, read it, see if you like it or don't. And if you like it and you think it could help someone out, I would be so, so honored if you could leave a review on Amazon. But the book has also been phenomenal because it's kind of opening up different opportunities for me as well, things that I never imagined being able to do. And I'm not gonna reel too much, but there are exciting things happening this summer. I'm traveling to New York City, so if you're based out there, please DM me on Instagram or on message me via the website, don'tbestrangers.club. There's a little contact us form. And there are things, yeah, there are just things happening this summer and even after when I come back to Dallas in September related to my book. And I'm so stoked to like share that with you guys as soon as I can. So... I wish you a beautiful rest of your day, night, whatever time, wherever it is for you. And as always, don't be a stranger.